Well, good morning, everyone. This is a completely different and really weird experience for us because we're obviously, as you can see, sitting on the stage in the hall. Um, and as you know, we're not doing a normal service uh, this Sunday. Um, and so we thought we'd use the opportunity, um, instead of doing our normal thing of, of a preach, to talk about some uh, of the warning passages in Hebrews. Because as you know, as a church at the moment, we're going through the book of Hebrews on Sundays. Um, and there are several passages in Hebrews that are called the warning passages. And we thought we'd use this experience or different kind of way of doing things just to be able to talk about those things. And it's not a preach, um, but there's a lot of information here. So we do hope this is useful to you as Richard and I discuss this. Uh, if you're just turning up for the first time, you've never looked at Gateway Church before and you're saying, what is this church all about? Well, please do look at the other videos from our kind of YouTube uh, collection and you'll be able to see what a normal Sunday meeting looks like here for us. We're only doing it this way today because we're having building work about to start on the hall, um, which is my, why my voice sounds so echoey, because there's nothing else in here at the moment. Um, and so do find out more about us by uh, looking at those videos or heading over to our website. Um, so anyway, the first thing we want to talk about today as we kind of approach these warning passages in Hebrews is to talk about authority, because authority is really important. And in, in life, we, we take our authority from different places, don't we, Richard? And mm -hmm. I think as Christians, we need to recognise the authority comes from scripture and it comes from God's words in our lives. The danger is when we approach passages and we talk about warnings is that we can end up in a position where uh, the warnings become kind of uh, just become redundant to us because we don't really see them as having any authority over us or just think they're for a specific time or context and they don't mean anything to us today. Whereas that's not really the case, is it, from Hebrews? Certainly not. No. no. <laughs> But um, I think, you know, the other danger as well with, with authority is what we can end up doing um, is we can end up assuming too much of our own authority in our lives and not actually allowing the, 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 the word to be able to speak to us. And um, have you got anything else you want to say on that? Yes. I mean, when we look at the book of Hebrews, there's very much uh, a strong emphasis on, on hearing God. Uh, so right at the beginning of the book, it uh, talks about how God spoke in times past through the prophets. Um, and then it talks about how he has spoken through his son. And then we, as we get it further into the book, we, we get various warnings, we get various encouragements, and uh, we particularly get those repeated, the repeated refrain, today, if you will hear his voice. So we, it's kind of driven ho home here that uh, God is a, a God who speaks, and uh, we need to listen and hear what he has to say to us. And so this book is actually very important. It's quite a, a technical book at the... Uh, the Greek is quite difficult um, compared to the normal Greek of the New Testament, which makes it an interesting book to read. That's right. And so, and as we, we started talking about this, I said it'd be great. To, let's, I think we both did. Let's do a, a talk or a conversation about the warning passage in Hebrews. And I said, yeah, it'd be really good if we look at the four warning passages. And then I think you said to me yesterday, well, yeah, or five warning passages. Or then, even six. Yeah, and then this morning <laughs> you came back with six. So um, just, in t just in terms of that then, so the warning passages that... Um, we would kind of we would say are there in Hebrews are the following uh, passages. So chapter two verses one to four, chapter three verses seven uh, to four verse thirteen, and then you've got uh, chapter six verses three to eight, which is a very significant one. Chapter ten verses twenty six to thirty one, chapter twelve verses fourteen to seventeen, and then uh, uh, chapter twelve verse twenty five as well. So there are several warnings there in Hebrews. <laughs> I mean, you've really listed off a few. You might as well just write the whole book out there as well. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so here's some things, and here's some really, really important questions that you need to approach when you're looking at passages like this in Scripture. Um, when we look at the warning passages, are all the warnings the same as one another? 
So you're going to read through Hebrews in your own time, hopefully, and you're going to look at it, and you're going to say, okay, do all these warnings, are, are they all the same warning, but just written in different ways? Are they hypothetical? So are there some hypothetical things going on here about God's judgment or about salvation? Um, are they just uh, empty threats? Are they hollow in some way? Could you potentially, given some of the passages, could you lose your salvation? That is a very key kind of question that we want to touch on uh, in a bit as well. Uh, number four, we're, you know, in terms of what's going on in these passages and the people that's being written to, were they saved in the first place? So all of these questions come out as when you start reading these things, or is there something else going on entirely? Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe actually, you know what, Richard, it might be worth actually just reading one of those passages. Mm. Um, I mean, did you want to just? Do you want to? Do, you want, do we want to look at six, chapter six? Chapter quickly? six. That's always the really good one. So yeah, for that one, so I don't know. Do you want to? You've got it right there yeah. in front of you. So yeah, verses four to eight of chapter six. So yes, chap chapter six and verse four. It says, "For it is impossible, in the case of those who've once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit." and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to uh, contempt. For, for the land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Quite strong words. Yeah, quite. And so like going back to the questions I just said beforehand, obviously if you're reading that, you could read it plainly and go, oh my goodness, well it's impossible. If, if you, it's, it, it, it uses the word, doesn't it? It is impossible for those that have tasted, if they, if they fall away, to come back again. And so it, that is a big question. And, and, and there's not one position on this within Christ, Christian theology. There are lots of different positions that different people hold on it. And what we're going to do is actually we're going to take a short break. We're, we're having breaks, like kind of like <laughs> advert breaks. We're going to take a short break for a minute. Um, and then when we come back, Richard's going to give you how he reads this. And then I've got some questions for Richard on it because um, I don't necessarily read it all in the same way. So it's quite helpful for you. Um, so we're going to do that in a minute. So we're going to look at what the actual warning, what we think the warning passages mean uh, when we come back from this short break about Alpha. Every day we ask so many questions. What should I wear? What's the weather going to be like? How am I going to fit everything in? But then there are those bigger questions, like why am I here? Where am I heading? Is there more to life than this? arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with. Is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. At 28, gotten many of the things that I thought I wanted. Uh, my 
girlfriend was on the cover of magazines, I had a Beamer, and I was so unhappy. It was a realization maybe that I would, I would never find happiness where I was looking for it. I think for so many years, you know, I always just strived to be strong in myself. All I needed was me and my buddies and, you know, we'd be like invincible. But the truth is, none of us are. And I found purpose, I found meaning, I found hope. God took something so broken and made it a beautiful art piece. Alpha is a place where you can be yourself. You can say what you think and challenge everything. No, no question is too complex or too simple. And what your point of view is, is as important as anyone else's. We are going on a journey together, an adventure to explore the questions of life, faith, and meaning. Okay, so we're back, hopefully, with us, rather than the Alpha video now. And just to recap, so, so far we've spoken about the fact that there are warning passages in Hebrews, but also we spoke about where your authority comes from. And as Christians, we take our authority from the Word of God. And we spoke about these warning passages. Richard read chapter 6, verses 4 to 6, which is one of the, the key ones. And so there are some people that think that you can lose your salvation, that reading this, this text means that if you read it in the wrong way, you, or you see it in certain perspective, you could lose your salvation. So Richard, what do you think that this passage means? Yes, um, so four things as we step into this, you know, who, who, is, who is the writer addressing and, uh, you know, what danger are they in? What is the, the sin that they are committing? Um, and it's, there's an exhortation to change. And I think just as we begin to look at this, it, it is just worth noting that the, the book is a book of encouragement. It wants to encourage people in their belief and, and following of Jesus Christ. And what are the consequences if the exhortation is not followed? Is it discipline or is it judgment, ultimate judgment? Um, and I think it's helpful whenever we look at um, any of the books of the New Testament to ask ourselves, what is the background? What is going on? It's very easy for us to read into it from where we are and perhaps jump to conclusions that are not there. It was probably written between 65 and 70 AD, before the destruction of, the, uh, of Jerusalem and of the, of the temple, a fire had been raging in Rome, and Nero is believed to have instigated it. Um, uh, but when it turned bad for him, he, he turned on the Christians and he blamed them. And Christianity became illegal, illegal, and persecution was, was rife. And so it wasn't easy for the believers. In, in many ways, they were an underground church. And so the temple was still standing in Jerusalem. We need to remember that. So all this that had been spoken of as if it was passing away was still there. And perhaps in many of their minds there was this question, well, okay, uh, I'm not sure what's going on here. Life is difficult. The temple's still standing. I thought all of this was due to pass away, that Jesus was far better, etc., etc. And they, they began to look at what was going on and, and, and perhaps began to reflect on maybe it would be better to go back uh, the synagogue worship was legal and it was still taking place. 
And so there was a temptation to, to go back to the synagogue. But in doing so, they would have had to stand in front of the congregation and renounce Jesus as Messiah. That was a big thing. So going back wasn't simply that they would go back and attend. They would go back and deliberately renounce him as the Christ. So when we come to these passages, it's good to just reflect on that as the background uh, that shapes the context of what's taking place. And again, to, there's a danger of us separating out the individual passages when perhaps there's, there's one thing that is going on here and this background feeds into that. And so each of these passages perhaps would be better to look at as shedding light on each other in different ways. So the author to the, the Hebrews, he has one intention. Uh, now, some people would say it's a warning of apostasy um, or, to, or, or falling away, as our versions very often read. Can you, sorry, just explain what apostasy means for anybody who doesn't understand? It, yeah, good question. <laughs> if, if, you if you don't know what apostasy is, uh, it's, it's kind of having come to faith or believed in, in God, believed in Jesus, and then to have reached a point where you say, I, I don't believe God exists anymore. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's to, it's to renounce that faith completely. And um, that was a serious thing. And it only still is a serious thing today. So, you know, in, 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 some, in some forms of Christianity where their people are judged to be apostate, they're shunned and excommunicated yeah. from the church, aren't they? So, they are. yeah, apostasy is, is a kind of, is a key term really in this conversation because if you look in this in any detail, you'll see that word come up time and time again in commentaries. Yeah. Um, so it's helpful to understand, you know, because you, you're not saying that you, your, your position isn't that they're apostate, is it? No, that's correct. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, perhaps good to state where I'm at yeah, with sorry. it. So, so uh, one of the big questions is, who are these people? Are they, are they real believers? Or are they people who seem to be believers? Um, and uh, my argument would be that the references to, to tasting and participating in, in some way of the things of God, you know, are, are, are not just taste, but a reality, so that they, these people would have had a real conversion experience. Um, so that then begs the question, if they've had a real conversion experience, are they losing their salvation? Are they, are they falling away, uh, literally, from the faith and losing their eternal hope? Um, and that's, that's a, a big question. And I, I personally, I would go down the route that, no, they, they're not apostate. They're not losing their faith. They are losing something else. And um, when we think of the Christian life, it's very easy to think of, being saved and having a home in eternity. And, but actually, there's a life to be lived, and there are rewards, there are rewards to be gained. Uh, we're also aware that God disciplines those who love him. That comes up later on in Hebrews. And uh, so what's going on here is, uh, because of the persecution that's taken place, these people who are real believers are, are, are fearing for, for their lives. And perhaps uh, looking towards the comforts of the world a bit and thinking, well, maybe it would be better to go back to the synagogue. The temple's still standing in Jerusalem. All this, I, I, I'm having my doubts in some way or other. And so there's a movement backwards. And, and in doing so, they're not losing faith or losing their salvation, but they are losing the potential for reward. They're losing all that God could give them in life both now and uh, that the rewards of eternity. So it's not only 
it's a sense of judgment in this life, isn't it? Yes. So you're, you're, the way that you, you'd phrased it at all, because obviously we had part of this conversation earlier on as well, the way you phrased it earlier to me was, was the, the idea that, from your perspective, they're not, they're not losing their salvation in, 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 a, in terms of eternal security. It's mm -hmm. not about eternal security. No. So, if you, if you read, so if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you've got a situation where Paul is speaking into uh, someone in the church community who is walking in sexual immorality. He's having an affair with his father's wife. Um, and so Paul says, cast them out of the church mm -hmm. that, um, they, that they, that, that for the destruction of their flesh, but that their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. This idea in this passage that even with this awful sin that this person's committed and walking kind of freely and liberally in it, and that's the whole kind of point of the, the kind of the, the warning that Paul gives there in Corinthians, the idea is that even then that person's salvation is still secured. Mm. And in the same way, you could argue here in Hebrews, it's not about their eternal security in God, mm. but it is about them coming under the judgment of God, both in this life and also there's an eschatological judgment involved mm. in that as well, is what you were saying, yes, isn't it? that's right, yeah. I, I mean, we can't necessarily paint the picture on that though, can we? I and mean, what would that look no. like to you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever it is, uh, what is taking place is a serious fall. And um, uh, the, the word that is used for falling away means to fail to persist in diligent faith. It is to, to neglect our salvation, to, to refuse to listen to God. And this is a concern that the writer has, that they have, they have heard God. They've heard him speak in the prophets. They've heard him speak in Jesus Christ. They they know that word, but at this moment in time, they, they've stopped listening. And there are those who are in danger of, of going in the same way. And it's a serious fall from which they will not recover, which results in putting Jesus to shame, to crucifying him afresh. Cool. So I think it, in, terms of, in terms of where that, that view stands, um, I would, I, I'm going to term it the historical contextual view based around the book of Hebrews. So there you are, I've given you that one. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, I think in terms of, in terms of just seeing that kind of that whole picture, look, looking at that view as, as a way of looking at the whole book is a helpful one because it helps add context to it. And one of the things that you'll find is if you do any research on this, um, theologians are quite quick to try and make the text apply to their context rather mm. than looking at the context of the passage itself. Does that make sense? So, you know, they'll apply it to contemporary, contemporary context with us as Christians today. And the question is, well, can you lose your salvation? Mm. But actually, that, that not, is not necessarily what's at play here at all. It's more about there's a historical context going on. The, Hebrews are, the Hebrew Christians are thinking, do I want to stay in this faith yeah. anymore? Yeah. Um, but yet there are some key things in there, though, aren't there? There, there is a clear warning to us that we need to listen to today. It's not, it's not just about, mm. oh, this was just for mm. them then, That's right. in their context. Yes. yes, because all scripture speaks whatever generation and wherever we find ourselves uh, within the world. It, the, the voice of God is still there, and so it's how do we apply that. Yeah, so, I mean, look, you might come from a, a background where you, uh, you are, would be deemed a Calvinist, if I can use that word, I'll use it very lightly, but to, to, to sort of say that, um, so the phrase "once saved, always saved," and um, I would—I mean, I would hold down that line. If you are—if um, you are truly saved, then you are saved forever. Um, would be the mm. way I would probably look at it. Or you might come from an Arminian uh, background, which would be to say that you can lose your salvation; that you can go so far as to lose your salvation before God. Um, and there's danger in both of those positions mm. when you come to the warning text in Hebrews, aren't there? Yes, and, and uh, I mean, particularly, I, I know this is a big question when a lot of people read these passages in Hebrews. Uh, so they, they kind of think, well, I, I thought I came to, 
you know, my salvation was through faith in Jesus Christ. And now I'm reading this and it's suggesting that I've got to keep my end up. And if I don't keep my end up, then I'm, are you saying I'm going to lose my salvation? And the big question then is how much is our faith and how much is our works? Is it, you know, is it um, 90% faith and 10% works? Or is it 50-50 or is it 60-40 or whatever? And so people end up in that kind of circle of, of doubt and, and, and worry. And, uh, and that's not a good place to be either. So um, it is, again, stepping into the background of this story to understand it, to, to find out what it's really saying. Yeah, and I think, so I, I think as well, if you, if you hold that kind of Arminian view, the view that you could lose your salvation, you could approach a text like this, you could read it, and then you could actually live in fear. Um, and live in a way that you're trying to earn God's approval or, or earn God's kind of earn the satisfaction of God over your works all of the time in life. On the other side, though, the danger of, of having the attitude, well, I, I'm, I'm eternally saved, is that you don't listen to the warning in this passage yes. mm -hmm. um, and you just ignore it or you, you treat it flippantly. And I think that's that is a real uh, significant danger that we look at this text and we say, well, it just had that kind of historical context to it. It was just about the Hebrews at that time. Mm. It really has no re relevance to me today. Um, and we miss something in it because I think there is a thing here about walking in a way that is rejecting, rejecting the way of salvation and rejecting the way of Christ, mm. even as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And the writer to the Hebrews is quite clear that that's a significant thing that you should avoid doing. Yes. Uh, even yes. even now today as Christians, you would agree with that, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. Um, I, I think you know the idea of loss fits the story. Um, it, it runs behind the story. The, 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 it's interesting that Hebrews references the Old Testament. It references uh, them as the people of God. It references Moses, and um, so the Israelites who 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 didn't believe were true Israelites. You know um, uh, that. They lost their reward, but they, they didn't lose their status. Um, Moses, we know, was forbidden to enter the, the promised land. Uh, uh, he didn't lose his status, though, as a child of God. And so those warnings there are for a reason. And uh, Paul says elsewhere, doesn't he, that these things are written for our benefit. Yeah. So those things that happened in the Old Testament scriptures uh, about the way of the people of God uh, are, are there for our benefit and to encourage us on the journey. Great. Cool, thank you. So we're going to take one more short break. We're going to play a, a video about freedom in Christ, which is a fantastic course about how you can walk in freedom before God. Um, and in some ways, that, that will give some application to this. But then when we come back after that, we do want to talk about how you apply the warning passages to your life today in the light of everything we've said so far. truth that I'm significant, you know, I'm worth something. The freedom in Christ experience brought those truths to life. It's more than material, it's more than a seminar, it's more than just one discipleship group. It really is a lifestyle of embracing freedom on a regular basis. I've been proclaiming the Word of God and I've been on the streets talking to people, um, leading people to Christ and it's it's just been amazing. Well, welcome to Freedom in Christ. The purpose of this course is to help you live as the person God created you to be. 
and do all the things he's prepared in advance for you to do. Have you ever put on one of these? It's a virtual reality headset. And the idea is that... Today we're going to be looking at the world's view of truth. We're going to be talking about choosing to believe what God says is true. Who sets you free is God. What sets you free is your response to Him and repentance and faith. So we're going to have this great privilege. Being accepted and being significant being secure. This course is the best decision I've, I've made. I'm, I'm a new person. I don't know it. It's, it's changed me completely. Uh, it's just truth. Truth is what you get out of it. Your eyes will be open. <laughs> How sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I was a slave to sin, but now I'm free. That's right. Well, we're back after our second video, which was a Freedom in Christ promo. And I've just been told by Debbie to say there, are, there was an overlay of text over that, giving some dates for somewhere else. That's not for us. Um, dates that we'll be running this course will be on our website, but hopefully it gives you an overview of what Freedom in Christ is about. Also, just to be aware as well, we are actually filming this in one take in our building. And in the background, we're having uh, the boiler sorted out. And so last, in the last section, we had one of the plumbers walk into the room. So you might have heard some banging. Me looking round, <laughs> looking a bit across at one point. It's because, because, hey, look, we're in the middle of a building project, and so there are lots of things going on in the background. Uh, but we wanted to make sure we did this in a way that makes it feel as natural as possible for you watching it. Um, so anyway, last section, we talked about the warning passage in Hebrews. Richard gave his explanation about how these passages relate to the context of the Hebrews at the time, the Hebrew Christians at the time that it was written, uh, the, the, the maybe, the, maybe from them the temptation to walk back towards uh, Judaism and mm -hmm. abandon the Christian faith and, and how the, the writers of the Hebrews is warning them that if, if, if you do that you're basically effectively crucifying the son of God all over again and you, you, you can't walk down that route um, it, the, the word falling away there in, in mm -hmm. chapter 6 is, is where we get the word parapet from and he's saying that if you, if you walk down that route you're, you're effectively leading yourself into a black hole um, and you, you mustn't do that. And mm. I think that's a really, really kind of helpful, helpful way you've, mm. you've kind of discussed it this morning. Um, but then I, I think for us then, a, a key then takeaway, and this is really important, this is all kind of quite, we could get really he heavy theologically about it. And you know that Richard and I love heavy theology. But the danger for you then as a Christian is that you don't see this as relevant to your life mm. today. 
And we just wanted to spend a little bit of time now talking about why you should apply this to your life and what application there is from it. So did you, you look poised and ready to say something. <laughs> yeah. So um, yes, just from the point of view, picking up really on the verse where it says today, if you, if you hear his voice, and it's, it's, it's three times there. Um, and so that's an important thing. So it, it is how do we hear God in these, in these passages? And what, one of the things that, though the, though the warnings seem heavy, his encouragement in Christ Jesus is greater still. It's massive. And, and as you go through the book, that's what I'd love you to see, that in, in Jesus, yes, everything is, is worth it. It's, it is better by far. It's a, we have a better saviour. We have a better high priest. We have a better covenant. And, and so he, he wants to lift up, his answer is to lift up Jesus to them in order that they might say, yes, yes, we're going to keep following him. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep going this way, even though it's tough. Yeah, and I think uh, I would also sort of say, say within that, yeah, it's this whole thing about fixing your eyes on Jesus. So, so I, I preached on it last week, but he, Hebrews 12, um, when we get there later on, is, is in some ways a huge kind of summary, really, of the whole thing. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Um, and that's the, because within these warnings, there's warnings about walking away. Within these warnings, really, they're designed to be an exhortation. Yes. Keep your yeah. eyes fixed on Jesus. Don't yeah. don't turn away don't from the living God. Um, and there's also that, uh, you know, there's that key verse, isn't there? And I think this, and this is where we need to heed the warning. The, 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 key, the key verse in, in Hebrews 10, verse 31, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Mm. Yeah, we need to understand that whilst we're keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, don't be tempted to walk away from it. Don't mm. be tempted to walk away because it is a fearful thing to, to, to walk into the hands of the, fall into the hands of the living God. Mm. And I think we, we need to hold that tension, really, mm. I, I would say. Yeah. And there's, you know, we, as you know, we love the grace of God and, and we would magnify it as much as we possibly can because God's love uh, for us in Jesus is, is absolutely staggering. But as Bonhoeffer uh, said, we, we can turn it into cheap grace and, and that's something that we have to be aware of and that's why we need to take the warning seriously and, and, and listen to what the Spirit is saying in the text to us today. There are dangers uh, for us of being drawn away in different directions, maybe not in the same way perhaps as it was for the Hebrew Christians, but there are dangers for us that can, can draw us away from that pure devotion to Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the Bonhoeffer cheap grace thing, he also goes on to talk about grace being costly. Mm. You know, it, 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 it cost Christ everything. Yes. And um, that we might experience grace and, and true grace. And if we really understand that, then we will understand the cost of it in our lives as well and live, and live accordingly. And I think that's where, you know, you go back to John and you look at Jesus' kind of like, you know, in the, the Jonin discourse and about how it's about obedience and love. Mm. You know, and if, if you love God, you'll obey his commands, says Jesus. And I think it's important that we realise that there is a root here in obedience as well. As we walk in obedience to God, we're not only demonstrating our love for God, um, but we're walking in the way of Christ. Mm. And so um, I, I suppose our encouragement to you really is don't get distracted by can I lose my salvation or not, mm. because that's not really what the, the point of these passages is about really what the point is, is fix your eyes on Jesus, walk in obedience to him, continue to, continue to grow in obedience towards Jesus. So how you live your life, how you structure your life, keep walking in obedience towards Jesus. Don't worry about the other stuff. Keep your eyes fixed on him. And I think really, in relation to these passages, that's what the writers of Hebrews is really mm. getting at, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, there is that 
you get the, the essence of perseverance coming through. And, and that is what the, the writer of Hebrews is doing. He's calling them to a persevering faithfulness to God and, and his revelation of that new covenant in Jesus Christ, which is the place of blessing, the place of fullness, the place of hope, uh, not only in this life, but also in that which is to come. So he, it is a persevering faithfulness. So they were going through very difficult times, a temptation to... To, to retreat, to, to, to go into a, a safer world was right there before them. And that, that we can be in the same situation where perhaps sometimes there are experiences we're going through that want, want, cause us to want to, uh, to withdraw in some way or other. It, it's costly for us. Um, but the, the encouragement here is to persevering faithfulness because in persevering faithfulness, there is fruitfulness. Great. Well, yeah, I think I think that basically sums up everything. I I, I would say as well that in, in lastly, I say I've said this a lot, but you know, Jesus is Jesus is either the firm foundation you build your life on, or he is the stumbling block that you continue to trip over. And I think in some ways, these warning passages are pointing towards that as well. You know, make Jesus your foundation for life, yeah. and and don't don't put it, Jesus in a place in your life where you'll just keep tripping over him and mm. and, and not growing in faith, or you know, or. Uh, at worst, actually walking away from it, continue to walk in Christ and continue to build him, make him your, your firm foundation. Um, mm. Should we pray as we finish? That would be good. Cool, great. Um, Lord Jesus, we just thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that it mm. is our, our authority and we want to take every word of it seriously. And I thank you, Lord God, for our church and that mm. we do take your word seriously. We, we believe it is, it is the, the living word, Lord, that it is sharp and active. And Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, use what we've spoken about today to encourage people to follow mm. you with everything that they have. And Lord, I pray that when mm. they approach these passages in, in Scripture, Lord, I pray that they wouldn't feel co condemnation and shame, mm. Lord. I pray that they would feel encouragement to walk closely yes. with you, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray for our church family and anybody else who's mm. watched these videos, Lord, that, that they would be blessed by it, but also that they would be exalted to, and encouraged to follow you. Mm. Amen. 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 Perhaps I think just one scripture. John 10, verse 27, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. That's a good word. Yeah, thank you. A good word to end on. Great, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and on that note then, um, we will finish there. So next Sunday, the 10th of October, we are back in the building and um, we'll be back for our team meetings at 9.30 and 11.15 with the break in between at 10.30 for, for tea and coffee. Um, and if you're watching this and you've got time to come down at 10.30 today, um, it's Sunday the 3rd of October and you want to come down for yeah. some tea and coffee and say hello to us. I'll be wearing something different because this is currently Thursday right now, but come and say hi. <laughs> um, we'd love to see you down here. So great. Yeah. Well, blessings to you and have a great week. Yeah. Bless you.